Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, today it's Wheaties Boxes, tomorrow it's video games, action figures, and lunch boxes. I'm Mike, that's Tommy. That was good, how's it going? Thank you. That's Kevin. What's up y'all? And uh, let's get into it right away again. No really stuff to talk about. Let's go. Tommy, what's our topic? Don Tibbles. That's right. DT, as I like to call him. Don, we first see Don, he's a senior VP of Hendrix Hockey, and he really goes after Gordon Bombay, and... What's his background? How does he become senior VP of Hendricks Hockey? Well, first off, I think uh, we look at him. Our first introduction is like this guy might be kind of like a little bit of a klutz because he knocks down the, the hockey sticks. Mm-hmm. He kind of eyes Gordon like he's like checking him out. And the first thing he says like, oh, yeah, you know, much better in person or something like that. And so it's like this guy's kind of weird. But... Growing through the movie, I think we see the kind of personality. He's got a very likable personality, you know, kind of um, to people who don't really know him. And so I bet you he, uh, you know, was able to kind of use that to make a name for himself in Hendrix. Okay. That makes sense. Because I, I was wondering how he got up to senior VP because he doesn't really look that smart. And So he goes and he talks to Gordon and he wants Gordon all for his look, really. So what is Don Tibbles's kind of directive? Does he have one from the CEO of Hendrix or whoever to get this coach that looks good? Like, what's his directive? What's he looking for in the coach that Gordon fulfills? I think it's to, yeah, I mean, drum up, you know, cross-market appeal, you know, to, uh, you know, drum up interest uh, in the Goodwill Games. I mean, we, we've talked about this, you know, at length, that, you know, the marketing ploys and you know, trying to drum up interest and everything. I think that's his main directive. And, you know, that's kind of their golden boy, Gordo. So, I mean, I think that's his directive from the top down. I think he's got two directives. Um, One is win, and two is get a coach that you can market. And I think from the other coaches we see in the the series, you know, you got, you know, Coach Riley, he can win. Coach Orion, he can win. You know, the varsity coach, you know, he can win. But none of them are like likable dudes, you know. They don't have that, you know, persona of a press conference. They don't have like a Mac Brown, like an Oshuck. There's someone who just seems like he's likable. Gordon, you know, he's young. He's like 28, 29. Um, he's obviously he's good looking, and you know, he seems like he he knows what he's doing and comes from you know, I guess a good part of the country for their hockey. Yeah, Gordon obviously very big in these parts because of the let's play hockey media coverage and whatnot, but I don't know if he plays well outside of Minnesota and whatnot. So does he, how many coaches does Tibbles have to go through to get to Gordon, who is kind of this regional figure instead of some national figure that I'm assuming Hendricks would want? Well, I mean, we kind of talked about this last week, didn't we? Uh, Like wondering whether or not they, you know, considered Riley or, you know, considered Mm -hmm. their other candidates that, that they considered. 
I think there was a very short list, and I mean, obviously, Bombay was at the top of that. I mean, and as a fallback, I would think that a guy like Riley would have to be considered if you're going to go that route, or you could, you know, I don't know, you could throw out higher level, whether it's college or, um, I don't know. I think it was a very short list, though. So you're saying Bombay was number one? I mean, that's the way it's treated. I mean, what do you think? Well, I think that you also have to consider he's got the Ducks. So they're not only marketing Bombay, they're marketing the Ducks. And so, and Tibbles, he's not a stupid guy. I think he realizes, and Hendricks realizes the marketing potential that is like, A, you've got this, you know, this good looking coach and B, you've got this great story. And it's just like, okay, we can make, like, even if the team might not be like gold level, you know, worthy, we got, we can just bring in these ringers from, you know, across the nation, which we're going to do anyway. But we've got all these great, you know, kind of marketing ploys and different, you know, avenues. And so it's kind of a win-win for everyone as long as the, the Ducks do win. What, I mean, do we think that the Ducks still would have gone without Bombay? I say no. You, would they would just turn it down? They would just be like, no. We don't I don't think it. they would go after the Ducks. I think they would just take a, a Yeah, they might, they might grab, yeah, grab okay. Banks maybe. Yeah, maybe Banks, maybe like Larson from the Hawks and then – you know, fill it out with the rest of the the country and whatnot. The the ducks part makes sense, you so, know, with the marketing. But I'm thinking like, so Bomb- basically, what you're saying is Bombay is the has the highest appeal in that scenario. With the ducks, he has an appeal that maybe another coach doesn't have. But I think Tibbles kind of fell into this type of situation because Bombay's playing in the minors. And he, we, who knows if he doesn't get hurt, he could be in the NHL. So I think Tibbles is looking for a coach. He gets turned down by all the marketable types because, you know, they're rich and famous. Let's so. throw out some names. Who, who we got? Oh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe like Mike Babcock, 1994 Mike Babcock, Red Wings coach. He's a, he's a fairly like tough looking, strong looking guy. He's got the hair. Like he, you think a pro coach would do that though? I mean, well, he, I don't think be... he was a pro coach in 1994. Oh, okay. So, and then I don't even remember what the hockey landscape was when I was when it was 1994. I was four years old, so I can, I don't know how many names I can give you, but well, I think they know that they can't get a they can't get any coach who's like kind of on the rise in any kind of like pro or or college circuit because it's like no, I'm not going to go but coach a bunch of 12 year olds over the summer. Like, A, I want to break, you know, from this vigorous, you know, rigorous season. Or B, is like, I need to be recruiting. So. That's a good point. I think, like, a major junior coach who was very good at what he did, he would like to see that next, he would like to have that relationship with that next, like, crop of kids that are coming up and kind of sign, try to sign him. But who knows? Uh, so you talked about the ringers and how they were going to fill them out. Does Tibbles do this scouting personally? Is that something Hendricks Hockey does? I think what they do is Hendricks Hockey, I think Tibbles, along with maybe a couple of other suits, they get a list of these are the kind of kids we want on the team. We want these regions represented. We want these kind of personalities. Go find them. And Tibbles finds the most marketable ones. Well, I think Scouts brings like these are great, you know, players. He probably brings like three kids like these are three kind of Dwayne-like players from Texas or Oklahoma or something like that. And he he sees them all, and he makes the final choice. Okay, it's like okay, they're all comparable, you know, skill level. But I know this kid, I can market more. So he picks Dwayne over maybe a couple of other similar type of, uh, you know, uh, technical ability guys. So, and same thing with the with the other uh, the other kids. I think the thing being overlooked here is 
Hendricks is basically running Team USA here. So how much is USA Hockey getting from Hendricks to kind of relinquish all power they have to choose the team and to run the team and to market the team and everything like that? It's also interesting because Gordon doesn't pick those ringers. You'd think like the coach <laughs> yeah, would have the yeah. final say is like, yeah, I don't want that kid or I need to get this kid on my team. Well, but I, in a lot of the, well, I, and I guess this kind of goes to your point and like in the Olympics, like I guess the USOC has a lot to do with it too uh, in, in terms of picking the team and stuff. And in this case, it's Hendricks for whatever reason. Um, I mean, we've already established that most of the things that happen in the Mighty Ducks universe are pretty corrupt. So, well, it um, could be a thing a of where, like, there, it could be a thing like where there's USA scouting and they do bring like a list. It's like these are all the players who are capable, and you can pick between these players. And okay. Tibbles, he picks like, okay, I know I can market this guy because maybe Dwayne isn't as good because you know we Dwayne is like a showboat, but you know he's definitely marketable. And I was like, okay, well he's got the skill, so let's pick him over someone who might be a little bit more of a team player, but you know he doesn't have that that appeal. And so maybe like uh, Tibbles is more of a liaison between like USA Hockey. And uh, and Gordon, really. Okay. But he's still got the final say. So he's still like kind of an acting GM of this team, and he's a sponsor, basically. So Oh, he knows how to put, you know, butts in the seats. He's he's a smart guy. Yeah. So USA Hockey's got to be getting some bank if Tibbles is like the last guy, and he's from this hockey equipment sponsorship. So either that or they've had a lot of uh, uh, – couple really 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 bad showings the last oh. the prior years and they're like all right we need somebody to come in and help us out because we have no idea what we're doing yeah so, that, that's yeah that makes sense and tibbles can provide like the funding to give these kids the best coaching and equipment and all that kind of stuff so that makes sense but so staying on the scouting kind of train tibbles obviously picks gaffney gaffney doesn't play i feel like she's very marketable she's mm-hmm. female one state championship in Maine, three time or three straight years. Is Tibbles pissed that Gaffney doesn't get in until the final shot of the game? I think tournament. As long as Team USA is winning, he's okay. I think um, the Iceland game, when you know, obviously Goldberg gets pulled, but then Gaffney goes in and gets ejected two seconds in for you know intent to injure or something, whatever, uh, pushing down the Iceland guys, and so Tibbles. Maybe he said, okay, finally Gaffney's going to get a chance. Maybe the USA can come back. She gets kicked out right away. It's like, okay, well, this game's a, you know, a wash. We're not winning this. And so he's he's just pissed overall that they're not going to win. I think, um, you know, I'm not sure how much he's pitching Gaffney, really. Interesting. I think behind closed doors, he's, you know, kind of putting, putting the screws t- to Bombay, trying to, you know, saying play Gaffney, play Gaffney. But Bombay is, you know, a big enough figure that he can make the final say in that scenario and not, you know, have to worry about uh, about Tibbles, you know, about losing his job or about, you know, Hendricks, you know, lording over him, um, unless they did start to lose. And then I, I think it becomes a different scenario where, you know, they kind of take the power or take the decision out of Bombay's hands at that point. But, I mean, he's able to avoid it. So it's kind of a moot point. Yeah. I also think, um, real quick, I bet you they can try. They try to market Goldberg because he really kind of comes out of a shell in D two. He comes That's like true. The, you know he's a uh, kind of a fun guy. Like Aaron's, him and it's Aaron Spelling's, <laughs> Aaron Spelling's <laughs> nephew. Yes, and you know, he's a fun kind of a jokester, and you know he's kind of like the class clown of the, the, him and Averman. I bet you they market them. It's like oh, he's got these great personalities, and you know Goldberg, you know his family runs a deli, you know kind of a blue collar, you know sandwich shop, whatever. 
and you know they definitely market him and and so I think every kid on the team really does have the market marketability except for maybe Charlie who's just we've yeah we've talked about him okay <laughs> what <laughs> one... Charlie there <laughs> Charlie all right one last scouting type of deal what went on between Tibbles and Wu and how did Wu kind of switch that's this. a good question how did he get him to yeah exactly to switch to hockey? how did they get the switch because i don't think woo switches without some sort of payment monetary or, some compensation yeah promises some promises down the road yeah and tibbles is like i convinced ho- him hockey has a brighter future or something like that so is tibbles like his agent now and just sliding the money or what's going on or are we overthinking it i, I mean i think maybe it could be uh Maybe not money right now, but maybe promises for future Olympics, you know, in, in, in his, for his figure skating career, um, you know. Well, is he done figure skating now? Because remember, Tibble said we convinced him to switch to yeah. hockey. So for all we know, Wu is, he's not doing figure skating anymore. That's true. I'm just, you know, throwing it out there that maybe, you know, they promised support for when he does start to seriously train for the Olympics again in t- four years or I guess whatever the time frame would be. Um, so maybe that's has something to do with it. Okay. I don't know. I think uh, I think Wu is done with figure skating. If if Tibbles is able to convince him to go to hockey, because so it was just a, a above board, just convinced him. I don't know. It's not a no. He didn't he didn't convince him like just with words. Okay. Um, but then again, he is like a, a great salesman, I think. And so he probably did make some promises, and you know he probably showed him all kinds of numbers. It was like this is your you know potential career earnings as a figure skater. You know, this is hockey and, you know, I'm not, I don't want to say that hockey players don't work as hard as figure skaters, but I think that if you're going to be a figure skater on Olympic level, you probably put in a ton of work. It is, you know, all you do really. Mm-hmm. You have personal trainers, things like that. And hockey, you know, like when you're really young, like even when you're 11, 12 years old, you need to be training because in, you know, a few years you're going to be there. When you're 11, 12 years old playing hockey, you know, you got another six, seven years before you're really going to be in the environment of thinking about, you know, going to the next level. You know, not that, you know, 12-year-olds don't think about it, but, you know, you don't have to put in as much work as you're 12 in hockey as you do in figure skating. That's true. That's true. Uh, if you want to hear more about Kenny Will, I believe it's episode 17, thecollectdeck.com. You can go listen to that. You'll hear more of this conversation. Uh, moving on. Tibbles and Miss McKay. Anything nefarious going on there? Uh, no, I don't think she. I don't think she would do that. Tibbles is a good salesman. Yeah, I, I don't see it. Okay, all right. I was. I'm surprised. I, I was. Well, I was lobbing up a softball is, for you. Bombay is is already. He's already locked that up, dude. <laughs> I think Tibbles is probably married. Yeah, yeah. you know, and I, I don't think he's a so? huge <laughs> greaseball. He's gonna try and get a little something on the side. You know, he, I mean, he might be, and I mean, he's super rich. Maybe he's got like a, a nice younger wife or something. Who knows? Yeah. And maybe he tried and just got shot down. I can see Tibbles like maybe going like at the Christmas party. Yeah, getting a little a, too drunk. Yeah, maybe, you know, making a, like raising his eyebrows a little and McKay, you know, kind of shooting that down. Or copping a feel or something. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> so she squeeze. <laughs> All right. I, I just want to throw it out there. Wait, uh, wait, hang on. Okay, but so do you think Tibbles like has a bunch of sexual harassment lawsuits? Like he just like goes after every girl that's around? Is that your? Is that your? No, position? I was, I was just throwing it out there. Seeing what, what, what do you think? What hook? I think Tibbles is. I think he's just a dude. 
I just think he's a dude. I don't think he's. I don't think he's like a great stand-up citizen, but I don't think he's like scum of the earth, like running around with like seven different mistresses either. Okay. I don't think he's like Tiger Woods type. I think he's somewhere in the middle of that range. Shout out Tiger. <laughs> yeah, shout out Tiger if you want to be on the pod. <laughs> Thequagdeck.com, contact us. All right. Anyway, so I mentioned in the intro about the Wheaties box that Tibbles gets for these kids. And that's a pretty big get, you know. And we talked about he's a good salesman. So maybe there's some sales going on there, just some just some smart work by him. But that's still a pretty big get. So, I mean, is Hendricks just rolling in money that they're just dishing out for, like, the opportunity to put these kids on the Wheaties box to get them more marketing? Or what's going on? There? I was going to say the way to Hendricks had to be behind a lot of that. Now, how how much is Hendricks also supporting, like, the other – like Team USA guys, like in like in basketball, you know, swimming, things like that. And now it's Hendrix is just is hockey. hockey brand, yeah. yeah, it's Hen- it's just Hendrix hockey, right? That's what he says. There could be a different division. There might be a Hendrix basketball, but we don't know. Okay, let's just assume that it's just hockey. Okay. Okay, so I think, um, I, th- you know, Team USA is probably behind a lot of this too. I think Wheaties probably has like a deal with the Junior Goodwill Games, like the U- Team USA, and they're probably okay. Who should we put on the you know the box? And Hendricks probably steps in and just like maybe some deal they had with USA Hockey is like you know this is your number one team that you're marketing. Basketball is going to sell no matter what, so that's why we got to pump up hockey. And so let's get the Hendricks brand on that Wheaties box. Let's get Team USA, the hockey team, on there. Okay, that's that's fair point, and it's just good work by Hendricks. Then they're not throwing down like ungodly amounts of money for that. They're just doing... well, maybe they did. Well, who knows? But I don't know how how that works. I don't know uh, how uh, trustworthy the Wheaties people are. I mean, I'm not taking a shot at Wheaties. I'm just, <laughs> I was gonna say. I'm just saying I don't know how they do business, you know. All right. All I feel right. like Wheaties Shout is. Out to whoever runs Wheaties, if you want to come on the pod. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> com contact us. Yeah. I think Wheaties is a stand-up company. I don't know. Who are they owned by? Probably Kellogg or something like that? I don't know. I, I do want to make a point that I've never had a Wheatie before. Yeah. Really? I don't even You've know. Never, what, I don't even, even know had what they a look I think they look like frosted mini wheats or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're like cornflakes, you know. Wait, that's so that, like, those, not talking about the same thing. Yeah. Oh, you ever like frosted mini wheats? Yeah. So those are like that's that. not like cornflakes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying wheaties is like cornflakes, kind of. Okay, so we a wheatie looks like a cornflake. Kind of. I yeah, I believe so. If I remember, I haven't had them a lot, but I have had wheaties before. If any of our listeners out there know what wheaties look like yeah, or taste right. like, give us a shout. Give us a shout at Quick Tech Pod on Twitter or thequicktech.com. Contact us. All right. We got way off topic. We got started talking about Wheaties. This is just disgraceful. All right. Moving on. We got to stay on topic. Gordon Bombay, he, I don't know if this is Gordon's fault or Tibble's fault, but Banks gets hurt. They don't have another player just to, like, slide in there. They don't have any reserves. Is that Tibble's fault that they have to go out and find this ghetto kid in South Central and say, hey, you're on the team now? First well, of all, I think Tibbles loves the move, getting uh, Russ Tyler. Oh, yeah. Another oh, yeah. market. He's probably thinking him, dollars yeah. and cents yeah. as soon as uh, as soon as they get him. But, yeah, it was obviously – it's like th- how many ducks were there, like eight, nine or something? And how many ringers they gave him, like five, if yeah. that? Yeah. And so we got a 14-team oh, roster. Something like that. They can barely make three lines yeah. if they want. They gotta like have people doing double shifts, and so yeah, it's not a very big roster. 
And so that might go into Tibbles. Like if we have too many kids that we're trying to market, it's not going to work. Mm. So yeah, somebody needed to put their foot down and say, all right, we can't have, you know, we, we need to cut Averman or, you know, whoever, <laughs> like we need to have somebody else. It's just nobody put their foot down and was like, we need another player on this roster that can step in in the event of an injury. There could be also some weird Goodwill Games rules about like roster size. Okay. But you'd think they'd have like reserves. Yeah. But maybe I guess they had like reserves. Like maybe they were training earlier and, you know, these are the final kids. I bet you there was like a short list of like 25 kids and like, hey, here's your final 14. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit before too, how it was weird that they just had to get go get some street kid to be on this roster. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, if I was the Iceland coach, I'd be like, whoa, whoa, this kid wasn't on the preliminary <laughs> roster. Yeah. Like he was literally in the stands yesterday <laughs> putting his face up against the glass. Yeah. yeah. But. You talked about you think Tibbles loves the moves, and I would agree. Like, you got this kid from South Central, local kid, and he's one of the greatest stories in sports. He comes off the street, plays a major factor on winning a gold medal for this U.S. national team. And he thought that Tibbles might have kind of floated that kid up there. Did he so plant do you, him? So do you yes. Think, oh. Well, Charlie was the one who supposedly grabbed him. Do you think That's Tibbles true. maybe put something in Charlie's head? Like, hey, Charlie, who was that kid you were talking to earlier? Oh. Something like that. Are, are you implying that maybe, like, Russ Tyler is actually from, like, Mankato? And he just <laughs> grabbed him no. and put him in South Central? I didn't think I was going that far, but I think the USA Hockey Scouts maybe. Or maybe Tibbles was just walking around and saw that knuckle puck. And was like, well, Whoa. maybe, because uh, Russ, he's actually, he's obviously at the game. So he got tickets somehow. So maybe Tibbles was kind of going around giving tickets. I bet you they did kind of give a lot of tickets away to, you know, kids to try to get them in. It was like, oh, Hendricks. Yeah, it was like Hendricks coming to the games. And I bet you he sees Russ. He's like, we need that kid there. And so maybe, you know, he n- not really saying we're going to get him next time, but maybe he's thinking, oh, are, next time we can market this kid. Are you implying that Tibbles had something to do with Banks getting hurt? Oh, I'm not. <laughs> but I'm, you I'm, could be. I'm saying that what Tibbles is doing, he's, he probably sees when he's giving away these tickets, because I think Tibbles is very much, you know, he wants to be there on the front line. He wants to help be the face of Hendricks. So he's giving away tickets, things like that. And he sees Russ and he probably says, hey, here's my card, too. I want to talk to you after the games because I think you've got potential. So it is. So is Tibbles secretly hoping somebody gets hurt? No, no, no. I think what happens is the opportunity. Banks gets hurt and they're just kind of like, what do we do? And then Tibbles thinks, wait a minute. We've got this kid, Russ Tyler. I can, you know, kind of get some paperwork done and we can get him on the team right away. And so it's kind of like uh, opportunity knocks to get him. I don't think he was thinking like right now if someone gets hurt, that happens. I think it's kind of he has an epiphany when things get hurt and then he goes to, to Russ or something like that. Or he goes to puts the idea in Charlie's head. So it's Charlie who's doing it. Oh. Smart move by Don Tibbles. I mean, Russ is a very enjoyable kid. I think Russ would be a fan favorite. So I guess he already is. So, uh, so they lose to Iceland twelve to one. Tibbles flips, and it was only four to one going into the third, right? Or four nothing? It was. I don't even remember. Yeah, it was four nothing going into the third. I'm pretty sure. Okay, and Tibbles flips and says, "Do you think Hendricks is interested in backing a loser? You're only good to us if we win." Says, "You better get it together, or I'm out of a job." We see a we see a real different side of Tibbles after that game like because he's like happy-go-lucky most of the time or at least leading up to that and then he just like complete 180 well he knows that his job is on the line exactly so i'm is he is this like a uh call from the hires ups that as you if the u.s does not win 
this tournament, you are out. The senior VP of Hendricks Hockey is out if 12-year-olds don't win a hockey tournament. Well, maybe Tibbles was taking a huge – maybe he was the one who finally said, like, I'm putting my job online if we get Bombay because I know I can make it work. Maybe, Yeah, maybe he's had a couple really bad showings, and this is, like, his, like, last chance to – That's a good point, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Tibbles is – he probably put his reputation on the line to go after Bombay, and it worked so well until that Iceland game. And so that's why Tibbles is so happy about it. And then, you know, that disastrous showing. And maybe he could just been saying that to maybe he thinks Bombay will like kind of straighten up if he knows that, oh man, it's not just me and these kids, it's other people who are, you know, at stake here. But And also maybe that pressure from Hendricks has has always been there, but he's just he's the buffer all the time and he's really good at like, you know, playing it off, like to keep the team in Bombay at ease. And he finally he yeah, he there's nothing more he can do because Hendricks is gonna come in and fire Bombay if they lose or, you know, and get rid of Tibbles. So he, he has to, he has to let him know at that point. He's kind of been keeping it to himself this whole time, all this pressure, but he has to say something at this point. Yeah. So that's really a good move by Tibbles. If that's the case is, you know, making sure none of this outside stuff gets to the ducks, gets to Bombay. Yeah. And then like, he does have to say something to Bombay. Notice how he doesn't like say something to the kids. He, you know, he's smart enough not to like, that would have been a dick move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm losing my job. If you guys don't win this yeah. next game. And so he goes to Gordon and, and he says, like, right after the game, too. Is it yeah, like a walking like in the, the hallway? That's like a, the, a lame Kiffin move. It's like almost. if Bombay was, like, pissed. He could have just, like, decked him or something. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, it's all about winning for Hendricks, which I find ironic because Jan was, like, when I pitched you, Gordon, to Hendricks, I told him that it was more about winning and losing. It was about teaching these kids or whatever. But anyway. Well, then that was, like, marketing. Hendricks was like, yeah, we want to win. And but we always also, know Hans has an, an ulterior motive, so. That was Jan, though. Jan. Yeah. Well, so does Jan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so after that game, and then Jan gives his speech, Gordon goes out, does his crossovers on rollerblades. They have the Germany game. Gordon Bombay is not at the Germany game. What are Tibble's thoughts about that? He's freaking out. <laughs> yeah, he's got to be. He's He might, he as soon as, like, you know, the, the puck dropped, first period, whatever, he might have just gone right to the bar. Yeah. He's like Bombay's not there. He's like I, I, I'm like I'm done. I'm, I'm gonna go get, <laughs> yeah. get it hammered, get loaded. He, was, yeah, essentially, at that point, he's, he's got to be thinking his, his job is a, you know, his job is gone. He, you know, how's he gonna support his kids and his, his three darling children, <laughs> <laughs> ages seven, nine, and fourteen. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so you think he's like, is he like making calls like to Hendrix, like? telling him what his like real thoughts and then gordon shows up and they win and then he's like oh shit or is he looking for a replacement like is he like scrambling like calling everybody in the hockey business trying to get a coach to step in at that point hmm, hmm. i don't know it's Ooh. tough it'd definitely be a very big story though because you figure like there's a lot of press going on here if you'd be like hey uh coach why why weren't you at the game <laughs> yeah, why you show up in the second can we talk game? about the press corps a little bit like how are they just not hammering bombay for not being there yeah, that is a great point. Maybe maybe because they won that they saw this like he he just explained everything and like he had to do this and he found himself and then he got the duck call and he he kind of, he just just a master strategy. Maybe Gordon like played it off as a master strategy and yeah. maybe he got Tibbles to help him. Or yeah, or maybe Tibbles did some some damage control, you know, whenever that first happened, you know, saying like you know, feeding reporters, telling him this is why Bombay's not here, even though he has no idea why he's not there. He's, you know, saying, oh, Bombay had to do this or, you know, his dad is not, you know, whatever. It's, you know, trying to 
trying to spin the story before reporters can really, you know, go after Bombay. So maybe, so maybe he's not in the bar drinking. He's he's already doing damage control. Maybe. Yeah, maybe he um maybe he realized that got Bombay is the guy. Like maybe he had a similar. He went out and rollerbladed. There's some crossovers. Devils. All right. So, I guess the next scene would be Tibble, or I guess Gordon and Wolf the Dentist have that showdown. Mm-hmm. And Tibbles is there. Tibbles is on the ice because they're having a good time. And Jan is teaching Tibbles to stay, skate before then. And then Tibbles flips over the boards. But Tibbles is on the ice. And obviously the dentist slashes Gordon in the knee. Is Tibbles thinking, like, okay, this is a great story. We can play this up. Or is this, like, what's going on here? I bet you, while it's happening, he's thinking, like, this is kind of crazy what's going on. But, like, as soon as that happens, like, I bet you when they're playing, he's like, oh, Bombay's going to beat him. And they're, they're going to give, you know, the team the uh, the motivation. And then that happens, so he's probably freaking out. But then he realizes. He can spin this. Yeah, he can spin it either way. Because let's say Team USA, God forbid, they go out and lose. He's like, okay, well, this is what happened. He leaks it to, you know, AP reporter or whatever, said, hey, this is what their coach did to our coach before the game. And you know, so he leaks it that way. And also, it's like he could leak it also. It's like, by the way, you know, they overcame this stuff. And so mm-hmm. I think it's a win-win that that happens for Tibbles. And he, he probably realizes that. Sucks for Bombay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, that was the last team practice, uh, before, of, I guess, of ever between all these kids. So... And they were, Gordon's like, we're just going to have a little fun, play the beach ball around. Now, Tibbles, his job's on the line if they don't win. What are He's got to be freaking out. Yeah, what are his thoughts about the team just messing around in the final practice before this final game? I, I, I think at this point he knows that his his job is kind of in Gordon's hands, essentially. So, I mean, he, he wouldn't be able to do anything about it anyway. So, I think he's just kind of like, you know, he can't do anything else at this point. So he's yeah, I think he goes with the flow, and he realizes okay. he can't like put a voice of dissent because hey, he can't let you know Miss McKay see it, he can't let the kids see it. So it's just like whatever, let's just go with it. You know, I've seen what they've been doing; they look ready. You know, he had this terrible persona for the first game that was lost. Now he's back to his like his happy self. So you know, there's no way they're gonna lose that badly. I mean, they're not gonna play that badly. So I think just go with it. I think he at that point though is like a duck on a pond. You know, calm, Ooh. calm up top, but under the surface, he's going crazy. He's kicking like crazy because he's, he's freaking out inside, but he can't, like you said, he okay. can't show that. He has to maintain the calm, and, and there's nothing he can really do anyway, but I think he's panicking at that point. Okay, so he's panicking. He, so he doesn't really trust Gordon completely, that Gordon knows what he's doing. But yeah. he, he's okay. losing some sleep. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. All right, all right. And then I think the biggest thing, we've talked about this before, Third period jersey change. Hendricks, nothing, nowhere, nowhere to be on seen on Hendricks. But Tibbles is in the stands quacking. He's quacking with Jan when they, I guess, a little after they first come out. So is Tibbles, is that kind of a similar thing where he's really, like, he knows he's screwed because of this and he's just trying to put on a straight face? Or is he uh, really embracing this new jersey for some reason? Do you think, like, uh, because at the end of the second period, they're down what, like four to one. Four to one. Yeah. So do you think at that point, he, you know, his phone's blowing up? He probably he's, he has a cell phone. You know, he's he's up there. I bet you he turns his phone off. He's just like, I'm not gonna deal with this right now. I'm just gonna enjoy this, and then I'll turn my phone on after the game. And so he's 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 probably assuming they're gonna lose at this point. 
like even before they they changed the jersey. So he's like, well, my job's done with. I think, and I don't know. At that point, I think he he might be thinking that he can spin this to his bosses that this is better for them. You know, if they do win, because and then they can just come out with jerseys, Ducks jerseys with Hendrix on them. Like that's a good mm-hmm. point. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's like he's thinking he can sell, he can spin this to his bosses as long as they win. They have to win. Yeah, that was what I was thinking. He saw a revenue opportunity. Yeah. Like, okay, Hendricks wasn't on the jersey now, but we'll put it on the jersey and yeah. we'll sell a ton of them. Yeah. So, as far as cell phone as 1994, <laughs> did, did Tibbles have a cell phone? Yeah, I think there were cell phones around, like the but early they, ones, the big I ones. Do you have like a purse that you carried it in though? Like, those, they'd be huge, right? Uh, I'm trying to think when they, I don't think they were as enormous in 94. I think it was like the late 80s is when they were enormous. But I think there were some like, there were like bigger ones, like the huge flip ones, like around that time. Anyone out there who had a cell phone in 1994, give us a shout. <laughs> yeah, contact us at QuakeTech on Twitter, contact us. All right, now, finally, Ducks win. Everyone's at the fire. Tibbles is there. So, Tibbles is ecstatic that they won. Yeah. Tibbles is there. He looks over at Gordon, gives him a look like, we did it. What's the relationship between Tibbles and Gordon when it's all over? It's interesting because we didn't really talk about this earlier, but how Tibbles kind of showed Gordon the the good life, if you will, mm-hmm. and just kind of like Hendrix is, uh, you know, Hendrix has got your back. And so I think they probably had a little bit of a rock relationship after he went to Gordon after the, the first Iceland game and said, you know, hey, you know, we, we don't, you know, we don't support losers. And so Gordon, he understands. You know, he was a lawyer. He knows how the game's played. And so at the end, I think they realize, hey, we both did a good job. You know, let's just kind of leave it at that. Plus, it, I mean, it opens a lot of doors for, for Bombay. Uh, that's know. true. Bombay does owe a lot to Tibbles. He yeah. got him out of the skate shop. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. And Tibbles, Tibbles just keeps his job. He just keeps trucking on with Hendrix. Or do you think he gets a different opportunity? Maybe he gets a, a promotion or something. Maybe he either, like, I think, he gets a promotion opportunity or some other company. Poaches him. See, yeah, they see him. They see, hey, who's that guy who kind of orchestrated all of this? We want him for, you know, our company. Or maybe he starts his own company. Mm. DT something. DT hockey. Yeah. I mean, it really is a great job by Tibbles because he – he found all these marketable kids. He won. He got USA Today to cover it like continuously. He got these great stories. He got a lot of exposure for Hendrix Hockey. I mean, we're still talking about him twenty four years later or something like that. Maybe he gets a job like a in you know as like the lead marketer for an NHL team or something too. Because obviously he, he can will. Spin stuff. Maybe he goes to the the Mighty Ducks, the NHL team. Oh, oh, they just bring him up. There we go. That's it. I think we just solved the. Query there. Yeah. Game over. Don Tibbles, success story. Senior VP of marketing for the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Don Tibbles, success story. Another success story this podcast. Go to iTunes, give it five stars and a review. Uh, at on Twitter, at Pod, And remember, Ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Quack, quack.